Hello, welcome to Kampo Junto, episode 130. I'm your host, Octavius A. Newman. I am a geek culture philosopher, and I'm here with my co-host, Adam Geritol Tedders. Hey, that's right. Geritol is back. I'm here. Uh, it's probably been a minute since Geritol has been up here, yeah, as far as a J name. But I feel like it was time to come back around. Did I use Geritol before? Yeah, 100%. I don't know when, <laughs> but we've been, as we were just discussing before we, we hit record. Yeah, uh, yeah. We've, been, we've been at this for a long time. So Geritol is... He's probably in there twice, maybe three times. You know, the good Mike ones come be. back. The Mike good ones be. come yeah, back. That's true. That's that's a good point. Uh, yeah. Episode one hundred and thirty, comic book junto. Episode one hundred and ninety-two, legacy numbering. Because uh, you know we like that Marvel. We like to renumber, reorganize, reshuffle yeah. them around. But look, let's be straight. It's damn near four hundred hours of comic book junto for y'all who have stuck with us. Uh, the Junto Maniacs, uh, friends of the Junto, as it were. All the people out there, the Junto Maniacs, let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> you guys out there, eat your vegetables, <laughs> say your prayers at night, and you're going to grow up and big woo, and strong. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Oh, yeah, we got a little Ric Flair mixed in there with our Hulkamania. Yeah, like you got to combine it. I like that. I like that. Yeah, we were Internet, pro wrestlers once going- upon a time, Octavius. That's true. Hurt my neck. I'm done with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the story of pro wrestling, though. That's true. Hurt my neck. Hurt Couldn't my even, neck. I was like, oh, no. I can't even <laughs> think about even... it without hurting myself now. I, it's amazing that we even attempted such a thing. But anyway. It was dope. It was, it was very like, dope. This hurts. This hurts a lot. I, I bring that up. Oh, my cat. Uh, I bring that up because... Uh, Tell Duncan I said what up. Yeah, uh, I will. I, we got a little kitten. We, we have uh, internet. Friends of the Junto, Junto Maniacs, we have, uh, uh, I have a new kitten in my house. His name is Duncan Idaho, the cat. Um, and uh, just like Duncan Idaho from Dune, if you saw Dune and listened to Dune, uh, he, he's an expert in sand walking. He, uh, he has, a, he has an, an, a neurological disorder, which is okay. okay. He's healthy. He's okay. But it's, it's somewhat common in cats. It's called cerebellar hypoplasia. Uh, uh, it is also known as wobble cat syndrome. He, he can't balance. He can't balance. And so as you, we have no, wait, seen wait, 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 in wait. the desert of Arrakis, you have wobble to walk, you have to, yo, wobbly wobble, wobble, wobble. That's my cat. And, uh, oh my goodness. In the desert of Arrakis on Arrakis, you, you have to walk without rhythm. So you don't get, you know, hunted by the shy halud. The, the sandworm. Correct. And let me correct, tell you correct. what, Duncan Idaho, the cat, truly walking without rhythm. Ain't no rhythm. He's he's on the uh he's on the ones and threes. You, you know? My, my, my. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wobble cat syndrome. Wobble cat, yeah. I was very concerned for a little while. But uh it turns out he's okay. They live long lives. You just have to accommodate them because you know, my guy, he can't he can't communicate with his back legs so much. He's just he looks drunk. Drunk in Idaho is kind of the vibe. So, Got it. Drunk yeah. in Idaho. Big changes in my right life. Now. It's been a long time since we've been on the, the pod. Big things are going on. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And speaking of which, this is what we're calling a junk drawer episode. Yeah. Um, I don't know if those of you on the internet are uh, like me, but there is a thing that we have in our community, our culture, black folk, called the junk drawer. Uh-huh. Okay. It's just kind of that drawer. You kind of just throw stuff in. Uh-huh. Not really organized, not really sorted. It's just like, yeah, just go ahead and put it in the put it put it over there. Mm-hmm. Have we got any batteries? It's definitely in the junk. One hundred percent in the junk drawer. Paper Rubber clips, bands, paper clips, stamps. Yeah. I put stamps in the junk drawer. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. So that's what this episode's going to be. We haven't recorded in a little while. Holiday season. Yeah, you know. Adam has uh, big things is going on in his life. That's right. Eternals came and out, such. and I promptly went on vacation. And I got engaged. So, you know, big things happening. And then uh, we didn't have time yeah. to talk about Eternals. So I feel like the junk drawer is now for us to catch up on all kinds of things. Because we have a lot of things that we do need to catch up on, Ock. Uh, Eternals among them. Cowboy Bebop among them. So many, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so many things. So, yeah, here we are. Right. So uh, first thing we're going to do is we're going to basically uh, put up kind of a spoiler wall for Everything? Eternals. Okay. <laughs> We're going to put up a spoiler wall for, I don't know. Hulk We're going to talk about, 
Hawkeye, yeah. the first three episodes of On Hawkeye, or, or or Hawk Guy, as yep. my uh, as my kid calls calls him. <laughs> um, uh, what else we're gonna talk about? We want to get into Cowboy Bebop. Live Did you action. watch Bebop live action? Not all of it, but okay. you know, you're we a better t- man. I, I am. I am excited to talk t- to hear your uh, <laughs> your seventy five cents about it. You know what I mean? That's precisely like, what I have for it is seventy five, not even a dollar. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what else? What else? I mean, even maybe just talk about our anticipation about Spider Man. Oh, yeah. We're recording right on the heels of getting our first look at the next Into the Spider Verse movie, or, or mm-hmm. I guess it's called uh, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse Part right. One. Part right. Uno. So, uh, do you, uh, quick one right off the dome. If the first one was Into the Spider Verse, this one is Across the Spider Verse. Will the third mm-hmm. one be called Out of the Spider Verse? Listen, straight out of Spider Verse. It could be whatever. Yeah, and we're gonna watch it. Coming straight it. out of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it could be coming straight out of Spider Verse. That's what I'm saying. You know, it somebody's could, gonna make that it, shirt. It very well, that shirt's be. gonna exist. Yeah, indeed. I'm very excited. We got our first look. We have ten, eleven ish months until that comes out. So we've got lots of yeah. stuff, lots of time to fill in the meantime. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So, <clears throat> spoilers. <clears throat> For Eternals, we're getting into that for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, three, two, one, spoilers. It's your fault. It's your fault. If you're still here, it's because you want to be here and because you want to talk about Eternals. Yeah. All right. So you guys have all seen this if you're still here. Yes. You've seen it a while ago. And let's just do, first thing, if you can think back, if you can go back into your ment- in your mental DeLorean. Right, you can get in your mental DeLorean, turn it on. You know, get this flux capacitor to 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 flux and capacitate properly. One point twenty one gigawatts. Uh You know, yeah, you got the proper gigawattage. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. What did you feel like after you saw Eternals? Well, so it was me, you, and Ken, Ken Sparks, right. Uh, right. we went and we saw Eternals together and then, and then we debriefed. We, uh, where we go? Bahama Breeze? Uh, Bahama Breeze. Bahama yeah, 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 Breeze. Yeah. Had in, the, the, in, ha- the happy hour, uh, uh yeah, caught the happy, like right at the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you told me a story about how you almost died yeah. off some half price, uh, appetizer chicken wings. Yeah, that's right. At Applebee's, they were gray, gray, gray chicken wings. Um, they, that was your fault. You should This know, is not a review of those chicken wings. This is not a review of Bahama right, Breeze. Right, right, right. Which yeah. is great. Stay by away the way. from gray, uh, chicken wings by and, the way period. yeah Point uh although i will say um eternals how did i feel I, I i felt i felt bored i felt tired i felt uninterested uh the 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 best most generous thing that i could say about the movie is that it was very pretty to look at but i had i had no feeling of attachment or emotional investment in that movie and we haven't talked about it we haven't talked talked about a review yet and i feel badly about that because it's a weird take for movie uh, uh for marvel a new direction for marvel and we haven't really addressed it yet but y'all look if you've seen it this might resonate with you maybe not i was bored this was the first time i saw an mcu movie in the theater and i really wanted to just look at my phone i, I you know i was not captured by what was happening on screen and it was a long flick so i was like let me just open my phone here and see what's happening on Twitter. So that's where I'm at with that. And we can get into it. But how about you? Uh, how were you feeling after we got out of the theater? Uh, well, after I got out of the theater, I was like, I don't think that was good. <laughs> like hmm. that, that, that wasn't good. <clears throat> and a large part of the reason why I say that is because I was kind of like, what this is what it feels like like i'm i've been into the mcu since 2008 or 9 did iron man come out uh 2009 yeah good question uh, i'll, I'll look think. it up well, but yeah way, it's been a minute since since iron man right and the analogy i gave is it's kind of like i don't care about any of this yeah yes that's that's the bottom line i was kind of like i i i i just don't care about that Mm-hmm. What all the stuff you just showed me, all the things you just broke down, all the people you just introduced me to, I could care less about any of that. Yep. Yeah. Same. Same. That's the that that's the long and short of it. I was kind of like, well, I mean, okay, well, what's Spider Man doing? What's Doctor Strange doing? Right. Where's Hulk? Where's Where's Clint? Where's 
You know what I mean? Like, take me to some people I give a crap about because I really don't give a crap about any of these people. And that's the strange thing about this movie, too, is this movie is very much a prequel in terms of um, we have to see the history of the Eternals uh, and how long they've been around. Thousands of years, you know, just hanging out on planet Earth, waiting for their time to shine. And, uh, you know, of course, there are criticisms that are even addressed in the movie where they're like, where were you during Thanos? Where were you during so many different parts of world history where you didn't help and become a superhero and so on and so forth? I'm not even talking about that. The, the big problem is you were saying, wh- what's Spider-Man doing? Where, where's Clint Barton? Where, where are the Avengers? And the reality right. is, is this movie is setting up stakes that are greater than any other we have ever seen. Because they're like, right. we're, this is world ending, universe ending stuff. Uh, and it, the whole time it should affect our favorite characters. It does technically affect our favorite characters, whether or not the Eternals win or lose. Uh, but uh, the stakes were huge and I would say too big, too huge. They were like, they were so large that it, it was difficult to grasp and it just felt a little meaningless. You know, if the Eternals don't win the day, then Spider-Man and everyone we know in the MCU perish. But, I didn't feel that. I didn't feel anything. I felt nothing for any of them. You had characters getting killed, and I, I didn't blink, let alone shed a tear. You know, I wasn't right. I just wasn't attached to the characters. Yeah. And it was definitely a strange move, given what we have seen the MCU do over and over again very well, to do the Eternals, what was it, 10 characters make up the Eternals? There's so many so. of them. I believe so. It's a team movie and it's an origin. And, you know, Marvel doesn't normally do that. We had Iron Man, and then we had Cap, and then we have Hulk, and then we have... And they form the Avengers over many years. But here we have an introduction to a ton of characters, and then they are the team out the gate. I couldn't, I couldn't grok it. It did not work for me. I did not like it. I did not like it. And I want Marvel movies yeah. to do interesting stuff. I want them to try new spaces, new genres. I, I want them to continue trying new stuff, especially as we go into this phase of the MCU. But this this one, this version did not work for me at all. And what a shame, because I don't know what to do with it in the future. Like, I'm not looking forward to these guys coming back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I really... It's like when you, you're playing with a bunch of action figures mm-hmm. when you're a kid. And, you know, you know each action figure... Because I, I have this... Uh, there's this... Um, channel I watch on YouTube that talks about old toys and old cartoons and old TV shows and where they come from. If you're interested, it's called Toy Galaxy. It's one of those, you know, like one of those, you know, late night, just kind of want to watch something, wind down. Oh, yeah. I just go, the the history of the Ninja Turtles or the the history of Thundercats or Uh stuff like that. And and one of the things that comes out, what they often say is the toys, the, the, the cartoon or the show was made to sell toys. Always. Yeah. Like that's something I didn't know as a kid, but when you think of when you hear these stories, that's the bottom line. They made these cartoons just to sell toys. We're gonna talk about Cowboy right? Bebop later. Cowboy Bebop, the original, was created to sell toy spaceships. Yeah, it's like what well, do whatever you want, just put a ship in it. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So um and in that same vein, like I have you have your your Iron Man, your Captain America, your Hulk. Hawkeye, Black Widow, Doctor Strange, Wong, like you have all these action figures and you're playing with them and you're playing with them because you watched the movie Mm -hmm. and you bought the toy. Mm -hmm. This is an analogy, right? Now imagine somebody just walks up and dumps a bunch of eternal toys on top of you playing with with the MCU toys. Yeah. And you're like, what are these? Yeah. These are the Eternals. And you're like, but what, what does this have to do with Iron Man? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, how does this affect the Infinity Gauntlet? It's it's more powerful than the Infinity Gauntlet. It's like <laughs> it is. Uh, well, okay. Why? Yeah. Well, because they said it was. It's like I, I I'm cool. I think I just want to play with Iron Man. You know what I mean? I think I just want to play with Captain America. Like I got a new Captain America figure. See, like and look, I got a new Loki. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm and there's a new there's a new Hawkeye coming out. So you know what I mean? Like these characters mean something. Yeah. And, uh, and like over almost 10 over 10 years worth of story yeah they, they matter yeah you just kind of dump the eternals on top of that world with no real context no real connection to anything else that you've 
show me before. Yeah. In the beginning, before the six singularities, there were, and you're just like, huh? Yeah. What? And it's supposed and to. And then you're telling everybody. me that uh, this Earth is going to b- birth another celestial, and the celestial is going to come out of planet Earth. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me that a whole celestial is coming out of the planet Earth. Mm-hmm. His yeah. hand and part of his head is coming out of the Earth, and nobody even activates from the Avengers. Yeah. Nobody even. Nobody even thinks that maybe we should get involved. Mm. It's like nothing, like, it's like, even well, they're not even the supposed world, to know, you know, like they don't even have this information. And it, we know, but the news as, is covering it. We the know, news is covering it in the movie. We know, as fans of, of comics in general, that Marvel and all comic book publishers and storytellers are always going to come up against this problem. How do you increase the stakes every time? It's the DBZ issue, right? Well, they just yeah. beat Frieza, and he was the biggest and baddest. So what do we do now? Oh, we, you haven't met Imperfect Cell, and he's mm. even bigger and badder. And, you know, it's like, okay, all right, well, we have to keep increasing the stakes over and over again to ridiculous levels. But what I've found is Marvel has increasingly gotten pretty good at doing personal stories, you know, like um shang chi perfect example you know we were talking about the immigrant story we're talking about lineage we're talking about uh who do you owe more to with your personality your mom or your dad you know there's so much stuff that really works inside of that and i think instead of going internal and personal this the uh, eternals goes grandiose and ancient and uh there are evils that come long before thanos is, was even born and and you know like that's cool but it's too large it's too much it reminds me of that we we both praised dune uh denis villeneuve right because it does right. a very good job of getting you into a very big story but it, it does so gradually in pieces yes. and it ends at a certain point where it's like, look, there's a lot more story, but we're going to cover it next time. Cool, cool. Well, Eternals, Marvel's Eternals, is basically the 84 David Lynch Dune. They're shoving it all in there. And it's supposed to be the most important stuff you've ever heard. But it's too much, man. It's, it's just whiplash. And what was it? 75% through the movie, and they hadn't even formed the team. Like We didn't even have right. all 10 together. Right. Too much, man. It did not keep my interest. It did not work for me. And it's a shame because I like the director. Chloe Zhao is great. Does great work. I just think uh, wrong player, wrong instrument for the job. You know what I mean? Like, this is saying it. Here's the the one thing that I hope can come from this. What's that? Well, here's my hypothesis. Number one. Mahershala, the voice of the the voice of Blade, yeah, is the best part of the movie. Indeed, the the very last <laughs> the the voice. Of, you sure you were you sure you ready to do that? I was like, oh, is that yeah. Blade? Yeah. Is that Blade? And somebody in the theater that I was at is like, I think that's the Watcher. I was like, why would it be the Watcher? <laughs> I think the only anyway. way that last line could have been better is if the off screen voice would have said, "Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill." I would be like, oh my God. It's like, Wesley? Blade? <laughs> but that's yeah, for so another time. That's one, that's, one, that's one, you know, like silver lining, silver lining here. But what I said is I'm like, they now, like the way that movie ends, you got a celestial that goes, you have chosen to choose the earthly people over the birth of a new celestial. I will let them live, and then I will take your memories, and then I will return to judge. And it's like, <laughs> I don't really know what any of that means, nor do I really care, Yeah, but go off. Here's the big thing that I said. Y'all got to go somewhere else. Yeah. Like, that's ultimately what I feel about the Eternals. Y'all got to go somewhere else. Yeah, Like, you can't be here. Like, you have to... In order to, in order to Eternals properly, you gotta like either a incorporate them into the humanity of the MCU better in like separate ways, mm-hmm. or b you gotta take them into like an intergalactic space. Like you gotta take them away. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I think that that's the thing that might give me hope is that hi, I'm Thanos's brother. You're like. 
okay, so if we're going to go like outer space and we're going out there and we're going to like expand what the MCU is galactically and build out that world galactically, then I'm like, okay, then we can have it more like the comics yeah. where we can go out into outer space and have a galactic story that really doesn't touch Spider-Man, has nothing yeah. to do with him. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And then we can have a Spider-Man story or a Daredevil story or a Hawkeye story or an Iron Fist story or a Luke Cage story or fill in the blank, a street level story that's not affecting what the heck is going out there with, <clears throat> you know what I mean, like Silver Surfer and Galactus. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they, I think that's maybe what's going on with the MCU. Like they're expanding the world and now they're going to have to develop the intergalactic outer space side of the MCU where we're just going to have a whole movie that's not even going to touch Mm-hmm. earth it's yeah. not gonna set foot on on you know the ground yeah 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 uh, i agree because what has what has carol danvers been doing out there all this time i don't know i mean this is the thing that she always seems to say she's like ah uh, sorry important space business just came up i i gotta disappear and then like she's she like always space bounces cop, she does space this vigilante like yeah what she, doing? She, she does this frequently like she's got the scanner on and she's like oh a planet's about to get consumed i gotta go and so you know eventually we're gonna find out what she's been doing because it's become almost a, a meme in the MCU. She's just not available. She's got some other thing going on. Even when she does show up, you know, she hasn't been around for the entire flick. She just showed up to beat down on Thanos in the very end. With which a different works. haircut. With Every a time different she haircut. shows up. Well, maybe that's what she's been doing. Maybe there's a long line at the barber. You know, Maybe her, her barber didn't be. show up. And she's just sitting. Hey, or maybe sorry. she ran out mid-cut. She's like, just cut the sides. <laughs> yeah, I gotta so, go. So she got that undercut, yeah. Yeah, look, I I really want uh, Marvel to try new genres, try new stuff, continue experimenting and and flipping the script because we can only do the formula for so long before we need something new and different. I respect that Eternals tries to do that, but it did not work for me. This this was not a winning experiment in my mind. No. Oh well. So what's what's your letter grade for this movie? Hmm. I really did not care for it. I mean, like it's, you know, the, the best thing you can say about it is that it, it looks really well produced, but that's nothing, you know, that's just Marvel. It's so I think right. I, I'm going to give it like a C minus. I, I don't know. I don't think I need a C. To, I'll give it a D plus. I got D plus because I, I don't, D plus. I, I have no desire to watch that movie again. No, I don't need to see it again. No. I've seen it multiple times, and I'll tell you what, it's boring. It is. Yeah. That's the thing about the movie. It's not even exciting. It's kind of just like people are standing around in like the, the golden hour talking to each other. Yeah, they're you know not even I mean? walking and talking. They just stop they're and just talk. They're just standing there and talking, and I'm like, I don't, I don't care about what y'all are talking about. Not and a good then when the villain fight, either. Not a good nemesis. Yeah. And, like, and when the look, fight scenes happen, you're kind of like, what? who even is this guy? Why do they matter? How do these powers yeah. work? Uh-huh. You know, like, what is an eternal? Like, apparently, you can stab an eternal, and they can heal, but you can hit one over the head. Like, I don't. I don't, don't understand how the rules work. I don't... Yeah, like this is... I would say because it's an MCU movie and because of all the stuff it does, it's like a below average movie. It's yeah. like... Yeah. You're, oh, this is only good because it's the MCU. Mm-hmm. And it is like aesthetically... And even like, why are they having that fight scene under a bunch of like trees in like so when it's difficult to see what was going on dim outside you can't even see what's going on yeah so difficult. I, I just i like this is not a good movie to me. this no. is a below average movie this is and, like a d plus you know it's it, what's a real shame is it, I, I don't want this to be reflected on you know what it took to make the movie but uh this movie is definitely a step forward in terms of marvel writing wrongs as far as representation goes you know we we have uh, a, a, their first movie that was directed by an Asian American woman. Uh, we have a uh, same-sex couple. We have uh, characters with disabilities. You know, part of the thing with the Eternals, there's ten yeah. of them. Yeah. There's ten of them, which means you know, you. I hate, I don't want to be so crass, but you kind of check in boxes. You're like, oh, we got to be diverse, so we got to make sure that we get them all, and and they do, and that's good. 
but you know, it, this this didn't work. That's why I want to see more internal storytelling. Show show me a story that was focused on these characters instead of having them all in the ensemble. Um, man, and the humor did not hit. You know, it's just uh, not this. This wasn't working. It's a shame. It's a disappointment because I was I was excited to see what they did in this blank space, and I was not impressed, unfortunately. But there we are. They, it was. You remember the Warriors of Virtue? Do you mm-hmm. remember that that movie from like the mid late nineties about the kangaroo monks? Wait, maybe I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Warriors of Virtue. What a weird movie. I don't know what the deal was. It was uh, 1997. Um, it. Well, I'm going to send you a link. It was about these like martial arts. I don't know Power Ranger style kangaroo people. I did not watch this movie. Absolutely wild. I don't right know now. where it came from or what it was for. But uh, this, the whole Eternals reminded me a, a lot of Warriors of Virtue. It was like, it was just kind of untethered. You of kangaroo ninjas? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. There's like 10 of them, and they're trying to be all like, you know, that we are what created the Earth, and we've been here since the dawn of time, and morality, and so on. And it's, uh, it's just, no, this is not interesting. Not interesting. Next. Give me Spider-Man. Well, that's, <laughs> that's that. Um, and uh, <clears throat> we'd love to hear what you guys think about the movie, if you even care to talk about it this far out from watching it. Um, but No one yeah. is. That's the other thing. No one's talking about it. It, yeah. it just came and went, and that's that. Right. So, moving on, um, I figured we should talk, talk about Cowboy Bebop. You know, there's a lot of disappointing stuff in this junk drawer. I'm lo- I came in here um, looking for batteries, <laughs> and I'm finding a lot of like uh, uh, old birthday cards that like bum me out that's what that's wow. what this is uh well i'll tell you what i did i rewatched and completed um the anime of yes. Cowboy Bebop. hell yes that's that those are and the batteries i'm looking for i did that and then i think i'm maybe like three episodes into the live action of cowboy bebop uh-huh. and i'm not finished uh-huh. so um, internet spoilers for Cowboy Bebop, the TV show, and spoilers for Cowboy Bebop, the anime from back in the Dizzy. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm going to let Adam just have the floor here, okay? Because Adam's got something to say. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, so, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm interested in finding out what your take is from those first three episodes. Because like you, in anticipation of the live action Netflix adaptation... I rewatched Cowboy Bebop, which is, by the way, something that I think I will do on a lark maybe a couple times a year. It's just, it's so good and so rewatchable. And the older I get, I expect to revisit it and be like, oh, it's not as good as I remember it. But it, that's not true. It's so good. And I, I can watch the original Bebop pretty much anytime, and I love it. And uh, I enjoyed it this time, rewatching it, and then I was... I was not hyped to watch the adaptation, but I was trying to make peace, you know, going into it and thinking this is a tribute to something great, you know, an interpretation of something great. It has been influenced by something great. Uh, And I watched the full Bebop live action series. I really disliked it, but I've been trying to figure out a generous way of wrapping it all up and saying like, you know, it doesn't matter. It can exist as its own thing. But what I'm curious about is, you know, your three episodes in, where are you on this project? So I will say that Cowboy Bebop for me, the anime is really deep. It's really deep. So I think yeah. it makes sense to start with the anime. Uh-huh. Um, just thinking about Spike, kind of like, you know, whatever happens, happens. Like that whole mentality and, you know, looking at it from the sense of like, you know, Jet's got a past and Faye's got a past and even. Ed's got a past and mm-hmm. um, Spike's got a past and these characters aren't really dealing with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're not really dealing with their own past. They're all kind of just trying to move forward. Yeah. And in kind of like the, the, the bounty of the week is dealing with people is like chasing after people who seem to be like actually dealing with their past. They're actually dealing with mm. their issues. Interesting. And okay. the main characters aren't dealing with their issues until the end. Yeah. When they're like, 
you know, Jet's like, all right, I got to deal with how, like, how I lost my arm and face. Right. Like, I got to figure out where am I from. And, you know, even Ed's like, you know, connected with his dad and decided to go off. And, yeah. you know, Ayn is like, I'm going to roll with you. I mean, I'm, I'm out. Yeah. We, we can, you know. We yeah, they paired it. up. Definitely. You know? And Spike is like, you know, I'm going to see, I'm not going to die. I'm going to see if I'm alive. Mm-hmm. So, like, that is kind of heavy. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. a lot. Um, and I think the show, the anime has a lot of swagger, mm-hmm. the music, the, like the, the world that they've created, the animation and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's a lot to live up to. Like, it's just, it's, it, that's a hard task to translate that into live action because as an animation animator and a fan of animation as we've said there's just some stuff that you can pull off in animation that's much much harder to pull off in live action yeah yeah you know what i mean because the medium is not the same and if you try to just like carry over the medium like one-to-one like you have to take the spirit of cowboy bebop the anime mm-hmm. and translate that into like the live action yeah you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, so when I see the show for the episodes that I see, I smile. You know, I enjoy it. It's it, it feels like, oh, I see what you guys are doing. I see how you're trying to, you know, you're trying to translate. It's like two different languages. You're trying mm-hmm. to take the original language and translate it into another language, but aesthetically and visually and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So overall, I'm kind of like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. And at the same time, it's kind of like, this ain't it though. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but I'm like, okay, I'm not offended by it. You know, Mm -hmm. like I still enjoy the vibe. I enjoy the swagger of the show. And if anything I can take away from it, it's like, I remember the scene where the dude shoots the stuff in his eye. "Ah, ah, ah," And you know what I mean? And the ship is flying off and the stuff flies all over the, like she's like, she's pregnant, but that scene was no, it did, it did not capture the same thing that the anime did. Right. But at the same time, I got what you're trying to do, but it's kind of like unfair. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? It absolutely does. And I think, I think given that, Cowboy Bebop, the the original, is so made with music in mind. You know, music is so inherent from the title of the project to the entire thing. The soundtrack, the energy, the way they, they move. Every character's got swagger. They have rhythm, they literally and figuratively. I think uh, the best you could say of the live-action adaptation is it's like a mediocre cover band. You know, it's like they're trying to play the song, but like you don't, you know, when you see white people do black dances on TikTok and he's like, mm-hmm. you're doing it, you're hitting the moves. There's a lot mm. missing uh, and not just the melanin. <laughs> there's a lot missing. Yeah. That, that's yeah, basically, that's, I feel like that's the best you can say is that all the sauce is missing. You did a lot of the one-to-one translation where, oh yeah, I remember this episode with the eco-terrorist. Oh yeah, I see how you've mm-hmm. updated that. So it, it looks Yeah, the, the teddy bomber and like, you mean the, the, there's a guy named Theodore that works here who deals with your explosive. You know what I mean? Like, right. I see what you're doing, but right. I also remember the scene, like the actual, right. and like it, it's, I'm sorry, I'll finish what you're saying, because I know what I want to say, because you just made me think of it as you were talking. Well, that's, so the main thing that I'm getting to, and this is basically the the axis of my my criticism against uh, the live action, is like a, a cover band, you know, if you hear a mix or a new genre on a song you like, then that's impressive. They're contributing some some new flavor. I would say a mediocre or bad cover of a song you like contributes nothing new. They just do something you like not nearly as well. And that's what yes. this is doing. It's it's doing something. Yep. It's, it's showing me something that I should like, but it's not doing it nearly as well. Which gets me into a headspace where I start asking the question: Why did we do this? <laughs> you know, like why are we even here? So I have I have a lot of thoughts about what you're saying. Go, and you've kind of nailed what I have to say about it so far because I'm going to finish watching it. Because mm-hmm. it's still enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. But I they, think the there cover- are some interesting things for you to discover too. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, without giving anything away, they really deviate from the source late. Really in big deviations. 
okay. late in the season. And I it pissed you off, didn't it? Made you well. Upset, you know what? You know what's funny is you would expect so, but the reality is, is the deviations actually worked best for me because it was when they were trying to do its own thing. And what doesn't work for me is when it was trying to have its cake and eat it too. When it was trying to please me and you, fans of the anime, and trying to make it accessible to people who will never watch the anime, I think it was. It doesn't know who it's for, and it doesn't know what dance it's doing. When it was taking new directions, bare minimum, the best thing I can say is, oh, okay, they're doing something different, unique, individual. That is the best version of this, because otherwise they're just aping it and not contributing, you know what I mean? So the deviations might have been my favorite part. I may not like the deviation. I wouldn't have chose those, but it was easily the most compelling aspect, you know? Right. Um, so what I was going to say is the cover band analogy is really good. Yeah. Because that's the, that's the biggest thing is like, have you ever heard someone who is trying to get the rights of their song so they'll re-record their song. Taylor Swift certain, is doing that right now. Yeah. Yeah, but there's certain intonations. There's certain runs they do. There's certain um, different things they do because that's the song. And yeah. then when they re-record it, that's not the same song anymore. Yep. Uh -huh. And you're like, as like, I, can I just have the original version? Like, I yeah. don't want this one. Un and now, now a remix is completely different. I agree. So the one thing that I would say is it would be interesting if maybe someone had a take on Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. And they mm -hmm. said, yeah, I love Cowboy Bebop. Now imagine if we did it like this. Yeah. Instead of going, can we do a one-for-one -one replica in live action? Mm -hmm. And that's just like a note. It's just like, what, you know, is there a way to like, could you have done it differently? Yeah. Could you have put your own spin on it? Could you put your own perspective to it? Because, you know, imagine if, you know, Someone comes out and, well, no, for example, we in our in our group text, I found out that they are remaking kid and play, uh, remaking house party, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, uh, why are we why are we messing with house party? Like house party doesn't need a remake, you yeah. know? Like I'm open to it. I'll watch it. Versus the remix of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. But a dramatic take. You see, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. That's different. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is, is, a, is a, you know, family comedy. Uh -huh. The new version of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is, it's a drama. <laughs> Even, I, I gotta say, if you've seen the teaser for that new drama version of Fresh Prince, I, I found that pretty whack. It's like this, growing up with Fresh Prince, especially in living in Philadelphia, you know, it's just like such a staple. It's, it's vibes, you know, it's the energy of the 90s, it's will, it's, there's just a lot of stuff going on in there that's very special. And when they did dramatic episodes, and we know they did, they hit them and they did it well. Right, but like, right. But like this drama version of this is like, ah, uh, it's like when you hear a song in a movie trailer and they made it like a slow drama version and you're like, did you really mm -hmm. need to do that to Friday? I'm in love by the cure. Like, did you really try to like bring some grit and drama to this pop song? So I'm jury's out for me, but at least they have an version. opinion, but, but, I, you're, but right, least, you're right. At least they're coming the at it with a new interpretation. At least the guy who pitched it, like the original pitch, like the trailer pitch from the guy who's like, I got to take on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Mm -hmm. But what if it was like this? Mm -hmm. You watch that and you go, whoa, what's mm -hmm. this? It's different. I it's the same thing, but it's not the same thing. It's totally different. Yeah. I want to see this. So that's the thing that I would give him. Because like when I think about you're going to remake House Party, I'm like, why are we remaking House Party? I don't you know, House Party is great. It's a classic. You know, the black community loves it. Like, yeah. And I hope, I hope that you got you you got a take, you got an angle. Because if you're just going to replace Kid and Play, you know what I mean? With and they're going to do the same dance, and they're going to do the same stuff. Where it's just going to kind of be like a, like I don't know. I mean, I, I also like I said in the text, maybe it's because those are the movies from my childhood. You know what I mean? And I have a very intimate relationship with House Party. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember watching it when I was way too young to be watching it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, sure. Of course. But yeah, I'm still not going to hate on it. I'm still going to watch, you know, this remake of House Party. I definitely am.
Well, I think all of this is all of this amounts to what we're experiencing now. It's a, it's just a unique period in time in pop culture, anyway. Which is, I think, everything that we are going to be getting is going to be divided into an original work that we've never seen before, or repackaged nostalgia, and that's it. Those those are the two genres of entertainment now. Because oh, the other one. White everything can't you know, everything gets repackaged. The, the, uh, the new Ghostbusters movie, the whole thing was like, you remember mm-hmm. how much you like Ghostbusters? Yeah? Well, that's what we're here to do. Celebrate Ghostbusters. Everything gets repackaged over and over and over again. And I'm left asking, do we have to do this with everything we liked in the past? You were saying, Cowboy Bebop, the original, you know, some of these characters, all of these characters have pasts, and they're all deciding either to run from them or grapple with them in different parts of the story in different ways. And I think that's an interesting concept because as far as pop culture goes, can we just leave some things in the past? Do we have to bring everything back and reinterpret it? Can we learn how to just look at what was and enjoy it for what it was instead of trying to reimagine it? I'm okay with it. Like if you have a take on it, you yeah. know what I mean? Sure. I think I'm more, it's gotta be a good reason. Um, uh, I just, Oh, Cobra Kai. Okay. Like, sure. Co- Cobra Kai is an example of, but what if we look at it from Johnny's perspective? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's kind yeah. of like, okay, like that's, you're still taking me down the, and then you take me to Okinawa and then you take me to, you know, you're basically kind of remaking all of these movies in TV show form, you know, yeah. and you're kind of redoing it and you're introducing new characters, but they're similar. So like the Daniel LaRusso characters on Cobra Kai now. Yeah. So I, you know, but at least there's a, there's a take, there's an angle. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not mad. I mean, some people do remakes really well. Dune, for example, that sure. we just watched yeah. Dune part one. Mm-hmm. That was good, but even still, there's some sort of particular thing or particular part of it that I think that's when remakes work best. When's when that? someone say again, when, when is that? When, when is they, it that they work best? remakes or remixes work best when someone's got an opinion? Yeah. Okay. I, you I'm know, with you. Yeah. They, they've got some sort of truth. They want to communicate. They've got some sort of particular aesthetic beauty they want to communicate. They've got some sort of particular purpose or goal that mm-hmm. they're trying to achieve or some sort of purpose they're trying to, they're getting after, you know? And there's other times when the people are kind of just doing it just to do it. And it's like, well, I already saw, I already saw this movie. You know what I yeah, mean? Sure. Sure. But it's different when it's like, yo, I have something. There's a part of this thing that I want to get at. Sure. You know? And I don't know if we're going to get that in the Batman, like the Batman that's coming in March, Mm -hmm. but it seems like maybe there's something there. Because what I hear is like, we've never really gotten to the detective part Mm -hmm. of Batman. We've really never gotten into the hard-boiled kind of, you know, tortured soul detective Batman. Yeah, that's true. We haven't really seen that on stage. We're going to get, we'll get that version of him. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm so, still going to finish, but I get what you're saying too. Well, I, well, to circle back to to Bebop and 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 not to put too fine a point on it, I think the the big issue, the huge issue with Cowboy Bebop live ad, uh, uh, adaptation is that it wants to please fans by doing lots of little Easter eggs and lore that is familiar and stories that are familiar. And little beats that are just for people who are fans of the anime. And it also wants to, I think, in some ways, sort of neutralize all of the weirdness of anime and make things more mm. accessible for people who like, say, um, Star Wars, the MCU, um, uh, Firefly, you know, like that kind of stuff. B- because there's a lot of stuff you you can see the kind of shine and humor, the the scenes where Jet is joking about how he doesn't know how to use a bidet. You know, there's like a bunch of stuff that's like, oh, okay, this is kind of the Disney formula, the way that we do jokes now, the way that we do a lot of stuff now. But then there are also, and I won't get into the details, so I won't spoil this, the very, 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 very last shot of this season is a big anime thing, 
that is unexplained. If, if you have no idea what's going on at all, and this is the first time you've ever seen this, it's terrible storytelling because a brand new character is introduced and it's supposed to be a really big deal, but there's no context or information. And so you can see that this show is trying to do too many things for too many people. And in my opinion, it's not doing anything right for anybody in those camps. My hot take is that a live action adaptation of animation is inherently disrespectful because animation is great. Animation is outstanding. It is powerful. It is moving. It can be mature. It can be violent. It can be depressing and sorrowful, introspective, your Miyazaki's, you know, there's so much that it can do and it moves in a specific Mm -hmm. way. And as soon as you say, yeah, I love it so much, I'm going to have real people enact these things. Unless you are the kind of person who like can really delicately figure out how to do that, I think it is inherently dismissive of the, or- the original art form, you know? And I see in, in a lot of the scenes and a lot of the episodes of this Bebop live action adaptation, they're like, we love Cowboy Bebop so much, but we're going to change tons of shit to make it easier for people. And I'm like, okay, but that is, you're, you're being ignorant because the original is extremely good because it is animated, because Spike's legs are so long, because uh, uh, the voice acting matches the way that these characters look in a certain way, you know? I mean, this show goes out of its way to explain things that do not need explanation. They changed really? Ayn's backstory for guys. Like, what are we doing why can we just say how crazy is it that this dog is super smart? I don't need more. You don't need to explain it to me. Like, let me just hang. And so I think I, I'm bothered by the, the concept of it. And I was excited to see an interpretation, a remix, you know, an opinion. Like you said, you're totally right. You come with an opinion. I want to hear what it is. And what I saw is some of my favorite episodes from Bebop mangled into one like one central storyline. So that Teddy Bomber episode, perfect example. That's one of my favorite episodes of the original anime. That's the Cowboy Andy episode. I love that episode. Right, 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 right. Cowboy Andy is annoying as hell. He's a foil to Spike. He's the Western version of Spike and he never knows what he's doing and they argue. And then meanwhile, you got the Teddy Bomber who's writing these manifestos and he's like, here's why I'm blowing up buildings. But Spike and Andy can't get out of their own way. Their ego is too in competition with one another. They don't even pay attention to the dude blowing up buildings. They don't even pay attention to the guy who's like, I have something to say. And so we get, right. it's hilarious. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. And we, we get Teddy Bomber in the, in the live action, but no Cowboy Andy. And none of that humor, none of the comedy, none of the like, this guy is trying to make this really important point, but no one will pay attention to him. That gag is lost. So it makes me wonder, why did we even put Teddy Bomber in there? Do a different guy. Do a new guy. Do something new. Hmm. Bothers me. It's, it's, it wants to it have its cake and eat it too. It could be interesting if they just kept Spike, Jet, Faye, Ed, and Ayn, but created new scenarios. Mm-hmm. You know? That's like, what the movie did. The Bebop movie takes place between, like, no, two or three episodes, and they told a new story. So I think that would have been pretty cool. Show us a new story. Or, I mean, this world is huge. Show us what some of the other characters are doing, you know? Right. Or some of the other trips that they went on in between, you know? Right. I don't know. But and instead, I understand, like, I they have they, a lot of fandom that they got to argue with, because yeah. if they did it completely different, they'd be like, whoa! Yeah. What's this? You right. know? But even, you know, even with the music, iconic music, Yoko Kano and the seatbelts and that soundtrack still hits. But in the live action, they're putting a lot of those songs in, but they're just kind of in the background or in interludes. They don't work the same. And here's a, a, another mm-hmm. complaint that I have is the anime knew when to shut up and just play the song. You know, sometimes the song would play and characters, perfect example, when Spike was trying to find out who Radical Ed was, we just see a sequence of music playing and Spike traveling, talking to people, getting directions, walking. It's just great. It's just a, it, the energy moves in a certain way. 
the the live action never is quiet. It's never quiet. It never lets the music do what the music is supposed to do, in my opinion. Instead, it's just kind of like a little needle drop, almost like an Easter egg. Like, you remember this one? Yeah. So it, it just kind of takes the impact away from the soundtrack. You know, sometimes I want that quiet, the contemplative. Watching Jet just kind of prune his bonsais while, while music is playing in the background. That's, that's significant. Yeah. That is bebop, you know? And uh, I, I don't think the live action has the patience to do that, which is ironic because instead of 24-minute long episodes, these drones mm-hmm. are like 50 minutes. So right. we just filled it with uh, Seinfeld dialogue, you know? Well, here's what I'll say, Octavius. This is a light spoiler, but late in the season, Vicious and Spike have a conversation about shaving their balls. That's wild hmm. to me. Like, <laughs> I don't think we would have seen Spike and Vicious doing that in the original. Well, Vicious, I mean, I do <laughs> got to shave my balls. It's so weird. Like, what uh, is That would this? be weird, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of that stuff. And what's then we your, got that scene with grade? Jet where uh, the lady is just like, Jet Black, and you are black. It's like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> well... What's your letter grade for um, Cowboy Bebop live action? A D minus. Uh, wow. It's not an F. Here's, here's what D I, I want to say. Let That's me go. one of the lowest grades you've ever given. It's bad. It's, it's, it's not a Venom 2 bad, but um, like I said, you know, I, do th- I, I do find it disrespectful. I just think like it, it, is, it is mincing the origin and losing the point of the origin, and I don't know why they bothered in the first place except for we're making money. The, the positive thing that I will add, and this is like sterling positive, uh, gold stars all the way. I love the cast. I think it is very well cast. The dude they got playing Jet is great. I like John Cho. Yeah. Even though John Cho is quite literally twice the age of Spike, I still think he's great. I like Danielle Shout out to Pineda. old Harold and Komar uh, alumni. He's making it happen. I like everyone they cast. Uh, maybe with the exception of Vicious, but I like I like everyone they cast in the roles that they cast them in. I think they're all doing a great job with what they've got. I just don't think they have good material to work with. So I'm I'm giving it a D minus. I am a huge Bebop fan. I will never watch the live action a second time though. Wow. How about you? Okay. I mean, you're three episodes um, in. I'm, what what I'm, do you I'm gonna, forecast? It, I don't have that. I don't have that strong of an opinion to to like you know. I just don't feel that strongly about it yet. It's been overall pleasant, you know. Yeah. It's just been like okay, cool. We're you know we're back in this world. It's not the same potency, mm-hmm. but you know, I like pizza. You know what I'm saying? It's like <laughs> it's not my favorite pizza spot, but I like pizza. So sure, you know, I'm cool with it. Yeah, cool fight scene. You know, like all right, cool. You got the outfit on and. You're flying in the in the in the sword fit. You know what I mean? Like I'm like the the things that I that I like. It's like I have enough of it to mm-hmm. continue moving forward. Nothing's happened that's like offended me. Yeah, and men been like what? But that's yeah. part of why I want to continue watching it to see like okay, let's see where this goes. But then you'll have Faye show up and she, and she'll say something like, "Welcome to the ouch, motherfucker." And I'm like, what? <laughs> Would Faye say? Faye calls a lot of people dickhole in the show with that just feels wrong tonally wrong like uh, they didn't curse so much in the original yeah right i'm looking at that uh evangelion funko pop behind you and i'm like if they ever make a evangelion live action i'm gonna lose my mind i'm gonna lose my mind i can't (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine them trying to make an invalid it trying to make an Evangelion live action. Like, no. I don't even know. Well, first <laughs> of all, let's just establish it's going to happen. Oh, it's yeah, going in, to happen. Indeed, indeed. That's yeah. number one. In the next um, five years, and, probably. Yeah, and if they get Denis Villeneuve to, to do it, it might mess around and might mess around Ooh. and be, like, digestible and understandable. Yeah. But, sure. you know, like, he, he's going to have to, like, edit it down. Yeah. And have a take and have an angle on it and be able to go... Like, because to do Evangelion, you almost got to go. This is the sliver of Evangelion that I want to talk about. Right. Like, I want to talk about this slice. You right. You can't here. do the whole thing. Yeah. Because to retell the whole thing, like, you're just people who like you don't even understand what the hell's going. On. <laughs> you know? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Before that's we true. get out of here, uh, I think that we can kind of just cover Hawkeye all together. 
yeah. once it's done, since it's almost almost basically halfway over. Mm-hmm. But overall, big thumbs up from me about Hawkeye. Mm, mm, I'm a little mixed on it so far, but I'm I'm excited. To, I think I'm more positive than negative. But um, this is another in- instance, and we'll get into it when we do. This is another instance where the source material is so good. I mean, y'all, if, yeah. if you were listening to yeah. CBJ right now and you have not read Matt Fraction and David Aha's uh, 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 Hawkeye, what, 2015, 2014, 2015 comic? I think so. It is outstanding and it's still outstanding. And so I need to disavow myself from that. You know, this is not that. It is heavily inspired, but it is not that. I think the main thing is uh, Marvel, they put themselves in a corner because they never really did much with Hawkeye, with Jeremy Renner. And so they changed the character so much, but never really paid mm-hmm. a lot of attention to him. So we don't get the same Clint Barton from the comics. Because Clint Barton no, from the comics no. was definitely not a he married man with kids. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm still enjoying it. I like what it. they're doing. Yeah, me too. But that's I'm, what I'm, I'm saying. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. This is an example of we've got a take on it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we love that Clint Barton. We love that, that Clint Barton from that comic run. And we love that Kate Bishop from that comic run. Yeah. And I think we've got a kind of a little bit of an angle of what we want to do on our own. So we're going to take some liberties here and create something new yeah. based off of inspired by and sprinkled in with a lot of the old. Yeah. And then we're going to move forward and do something else. And I think that this is a good, you know what I mean? Like, I'm enjoying it. Also, you've seen episode three, right? Yes. Spoilers, internet. Spoilers for episode three. Of Hawkeye. Three, two, one. It's your fault. That's right. That's Vincent D'Onofrio. Has I don't know if it is or it isn't. I, uh, yo, I'm so glad and, you and said that. if you do, don't tell me. If you do, don't tell me. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm so glad you said that because I, I watched Vincent it. Vincent I watched Vincent it with Timory and they're talking about the uncle. And I was like, who is the uncle? They're not showing the uncle. And I'm, I don't know. There's some about me. I was thinking, that's got to be Kingpin, right? Would they do that? Because that's bold. At first, I thought they were going to bring some Shang-Chi stuff into it because they were talking about dragons. the Spider-Verse. But, uh, yeah. Ooh, I I want this to be true. Multiverse of Madness. I want this to be true. I want to know more about that because that's exciting. Listen, man, the multiverse. The multiverse, anything is possible. Yeah. You know who's having a good year? Haley Steinfeld. Having a good year. She's Kate Bishop. We Uh just saw the trailer for the new Spider-Verse movie. She's Gwen. Right, Gwen Stacy. And uh, we, we didn't have time to talk about it, but uh, Netflix Arcane, the League of Legends animated show, mm-hmm. she's the main mm-hmm. character, Vi. And oh. it, all three of these winners, they, like, I mean, Across the Spider-Verse isn't even out yet. We just, I know. I know in my bones that it's going yes. to be excellent. Haley Steinfeld's cleaning up. She's, she's having a good winter right now. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Across the Spider-Verse, part one, saw the trailer. Yeah. I appreciate that they put together a, a polished piece of work for us to check out. Yeah. You know, and keep us, keep us, get, create that excitement. Yeah. And I'm able to see the remnants of what we got from Into the Spider Verse, but also the new things they're doing. Like I can see the visual difference between yeah. the two movies. That like Miles' beautiful. hair, Miles almost looks a little, looks older. I know that's basically supposed to be seconds after the movie ended, but he looks mm-hmm. a little older. Yeah. And then, you know, he gets, says that Spider-Man 2099 mm-hmm. comes in yeah, there. Miguel looking swole. So Spider-Man 2099, yeah. he's, he's beefy. Yeah. Right. So it's, I mean, just the whole scene and like, we're going to be having miles go actually across the spider verse and interact with a bunch of different spider folks, right. spider people, or I mean, not even people. We got spider ham, so spi- spider spiders. I don't know. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Who knows what's out there? Who knows? But that's exciting. I mean, just from what they've done with the last movie and this teaser they showed me, I'm like, this is amazing. I'm so excited for that movie. And I'm excited that they've announced that they are making the second one, this one, and the third one at the same time. So hopefully that means, you know, whenever that part one comes out and that wraps up, that the third one will be right behind. So I'm excited about that too. Last thing, Spider-Man No, ha- no Way Home. Soon. Very. Do you have your tickets? No, I didn't, I didn't get caught up in all that. Adam, what are you doing? I don't know. You know, I, I will. I will do what I can. Uh, there's a theater here in Philadelphia that very few people realize is showing big movies. The the Ritz Bourse, 
uh, or mm-hmm. what's it called now? PFC. Um, I'm I'm probably going to go check it out there instead of uh, at uh, what is it? The the John at the gallery. Uh, but you mm-hmm. know, sometimes we get that email. I'm like, I can't, I keep my eyes peeled on that email. So right, that's true. That's that's, true. that's what I'm I'm hoping for. But you know, in the meantime, it's all good. I'm not. I'm, I apparently it was a whole all it, it was a shit show trying to get tickets for this thing. What's it up? was. What is up? Very much so. I can't be bothered. Very much so. Apparently, there's an NFT out there that you might get if you no, get a stop. ticket from AMC and you have AMC stubs and you go on opening night on Thursday and you actually scan it. And I'm like, fam, great. Appreciate the NFT. I'm going to see this movie regardless. Yeah, come on. Okay. Now, now also new other information I've heard that when people see the screening of this movie, they're only showing 40 minutes what? of the movie in the screening. Oh, because it's some big stuff. That means that there's probably some big spoilers. Mm. So, Adam and Internet, I highly want to encourage you to catch the first thing smoking to see Spider-Man No Way Home. What are we, 12 days away right now? Yeah, I don't know, something like that. But I'm just saying there's got to be some big old spoilers in this movie. Mm. There's got to be. Sure. Like if they're only showing forty minutes of the movie, yeah, that means that there's another two two hours in or, or two hours or so of mm-hmm. movie that they're not showing. Sure. Hmm. Do you have any hypotheses? I think Spider-Man is going to meet all ten of the Eternals, oh and he's going. Gosh. They're going to say, "Spidey, you got to track them down." Lord. He's going to spend the whole time. He's like, oh, "I got to no. find Gil- Gilgamesh." I gotta oh, no. find Gilgamesh is dead. I gotta find Rango. Uh, I can't remember all their names, but uh, yeah, that's what I think. He's to- gonna find. I gotta them all. find Tokar. I gotta find Razor. <laughs> I gotta find you know Lord. I gotta Zed. find Zed. I gotta find Rita. I gotta find yeah. Find Rita. I'm right here. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, oh, i don't know I, I don't know i gotta I mean, find leonardo michelangelo Raphael, donatello unfortunately uh the, i i i rewatched venom 2 recently so i was reminded that venom's probably going to be on it so yeah i guess that's going to be a big piece uh, hypothesis from me yeah miles morales has to be come on it has to be right you gotta get you, you, you gotta give us miles how do you future proof spider-man if we don't introduce miles the major, major inter-multiversal Spider-Man that is active in the comics, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Is Miles. Yeah. Uh-huh. Miles and Gwen, but I'd say most largely Miles. Yeah. So if we're going to go into the multiverse and Spider-Man's going, mm-hmm. outside, like, I mean, I don't see how you don't come out of this movie. With a Miles Morales. And we yeah. also know that the Prowler, aka, aka Uncle Aaron, aka yeah. Donald Glover, aka Childish Gambino, right? Yeah. Has he was already in the first said, one. I, I got a nephew that lives around here. That's right. And, yeah. with, and with the snap, Miles could have stayed. Donald Glover could have got snapped. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He could be older. Yeah. He could have continued growing. Wow, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's it's I, there. Yeah, I agree. It's there. I think they've they've set the stage, and and for me that just means that they're interested in that character. And time has gone by. The character has only grown in popularity in the comics and that video game. Yes, the Miles Morales game sold. Yes. like wild. So of course right. it is in their best interest. They, comics, Miles must, video games. He has to be in there. Has to be. Yeah. If you're going to go into the multiverse, I. I think that Miles is we. I, you know what I mean. I've yeah. even heard them say that this is the this is the end game of Spider Man. Yeah, like yeah. that. That's that's the stakes. So I'm like, you don't just. You know what I mean. So I'm mm-hmm. very excited. Very yeah. very excited. Internet, please try to see it as soon as you can and don't get spoiled. A couple couple of uh, expert tips. Mm-hmm. One, go in with your earphones because yes. humans are going to be talking about the movie. Yes. They're going to have a lot of geeks, a lot of nerds, a lot of fans that are going to be talking about, oh, I heard and I read and I looked up and Mm -hmm. oh, in this part and my friend told me, listen, have your earphones on you, make sure they charged up 
Keep them plugged in when you go to the bathroom. And when you sit down, keep your earphones in until the movie starts. And then that, that's, that, these, these are my moves that I'm just trying Octavius, to share with you. you need to start, you, need, you really need to be branding Blackout Congregation swag. You need to have gear, you know, like the- uh, Stay black. Blackout Congregation, uh, uh, you know, hyperbolic chamber. You know, lock yourself in there until <laughs> right. the movie is out. That kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, internet, you uh, as you can see, I'm very excited about um, No Way Home. Very much looking forward to coming back with Adam and chatting with you guys about it. And um, I think that's all I got. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Hawkeye, the series, soon as that wraps up. And then we will also be talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. And we want to know what else y'all are watching, what you're interested in. Let us know what you want us to talk about and cover and share our opinions on. We want to mm-hmm. know what your opinions are on Eternals, on Cowboy yep. Bebop. If you're watching Arcane, we didn't talk about it, but I'm really enjoying it quite yep. a lot. Watching I think too. you will as well, Octavius. So, uh, you know, let us know what you're enjoying and then uh, we'll, we'll dip in and check it out as well. At Octavius A. Newman, at Adam Tedderus, at Comic Book Junto. Holla at us. Talk to us. Let us know your thoughts, feelings, emotions, hypotheses about what will happen in No Way Home. I also predict that we're going to get Tom Holland's voice in Across the Spider-Verse. Ooh, I like that. I want that. I want that. I, I want it to go both ways, right? You oh, know, yeah. I, that's definitely, yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel that. But I think that would be great, actually. But we'll see. We will see. Well, that's it. That's it for this episode. We love y'all. Until next time. Peace. <laughs>